clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I am super, super excited. I have a great show today for you guys. I'm, 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 I'm really excited because this weekend I'm going to be celebrating with my brother Reed B. Versus for his album release party. Um, and this is going to be my first time performing, ministering as a solo artist. And so I'm super excited to um, be able to celebrate with him on that day. I know how much um, this project means to him. And if you guys don't have Reed B. Versus latest um, project, it's titled Micah's Birthday. Um, it's been out for a couple of months now, but this is going to be like the official uh, album release concert. And so I'm excited to celebrate with my brother and his home church harvest a church, you know, wonderful people. Uh, we're all family in Jesus Christ. And so I'm excited about sharing uh, and celebrating with him this Saturday at 7 p.m. If you are in the Detroit area, Harvest Bible Church, which is in the lovely suburbs of Westland, Michigan. Um, hope to see you guys there. Um, listen, this week has this has been a crazy month. Uh, October and even November has been a crazy month. And between the Kanye West stuff and just as I look at social media, um, I see such a divide between those who name the name of Christ. And it's, you know, a lot of times it seems like we as Christians are all over the place, you know, um, for many of us, social media has become more important than real life. Like we, we, it's almost like people run to social media to run from real life just to create a fake one. And I see this, um, amongst non-Christians as well as Christians, you know, people are, it's almost like people live on social media. It's crazy. And and so one of the things that I've, I've learned is that we as Christians, especially in this day and time, we can't afford to be distracted. Like I see, I feel like so many of us are distracted and, and we, we, we put more, atten- we give more attention to entertainment in other people's lives than we do our own life. Um, and so when I think about this, like I, I, one of the things that I've, I've learned is comparison often robs us of joy. Like you can't be content and coveting at the same time. You can't be jealous and grateful at the same time. Like you have to pick one, you know, and so one of the things that I've been I've been striving to do in my personal walk is sacrifice, 
like if I'm if I'm praying like God, I, I want your mind, I want the more of you, Lord. Um, one of the things that the Lord convicted me about is okay, you're saying this with your lips, but what are you sacrificing? Like, you know, what are you sacrificing to show that what you're saying is actually sincere or or like we 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 could look at different stories um in the bible like the rich young ruler and there's other stories in the bible of people who said hey i'm down with jesus i'm i'm ready to follow jesus and then the moment the lord told them to sacrifice something they was like oh <laughs> i don't want to follow you that bad like I want to follow you, but I want to still be able to hold on to my stuff. Like, I want to follow you, but I don't want to have to sacrifice and cut off social media. I want to follow you, but I don't want to turn down a plate. I don't want to fast and, and, and pray. Like, I want to follow you, but I want to follow you on my own terms. And one of the things that I've realized is there's no such thing as following Christ on your own terms. Like what we sacrifice, um, Jesus said, if any man, and this is in Luke 9, 23, if any man will come after me, he must first deny himself. And so my concern is that we have a Christian culture or a culture that says, hey, you can be Christian without really having to deny yourself. And I think that because the church has become so distracted, it's because we it, um, it has caused us to lack power. Um, it caught it, it has caught it has allowed it has allowed the devil to wreak havoc in our lives. There are certain strongholds and attacks that would be that would be stopped or brought to an end in our life if we just sacrificed unto the Lord, if we just denied ourselves. But what I'm finding is a lot of times, because we're not willing to deny ourselves, we end up sacrificing our marriages. We end up sacrificing our kids. We end up sacrificing our purpose for the sake of our comfort, for the sake of comfort for our flesh. And so I want to encourage you guys, and I know this is like a heavy, a heavy intro, but, you know, I just feel like the Lord um, leading me this way, man, we have to, we have to live a life of sanctification, a sanctified life. A life of sanctification is a life that is set apart from the world, is set apart for the use, uh, um, for God to use us. And, and, and I'm reminded of Romans chapter 12, verse one through two, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I know I kind of quoted some of that mixed up, but it I pretty much hit all the points. But my point is is the Christian lifestyle 
is a lifestyle of sacrificing ourselves for the glory of God. And so I want to encourage you guys to do that and look at ways that you can do that because there's so there's so many distractions. Um, but what I've been learning is the more I sacrifice of myself and deny myself, whether that is fasting or just praying or cutting off things, the more I have a greater sense of God's presence in my life. And man, there's nothing like the presence of God. The, the more I have a sense of revelation and illumination of God's word, the more um, I'm, I don't the more I don't deal with anxiety and stress, the more I don't wrestle with temptation. And so I want to encourage you guys to to sacrifice yourself for the glory of God um, and 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 be about the father's business, man, because, man, it's we're in a day and time man. it's time to it's time to stop playing games like you might be looking around and seeing all of the Christians around you and on social media. And it may seem like, man, most of the Christians are distracted. I'm going to wait for somebody to stand up. No, you stand up. You be the one. That's that 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 stands up as a leader and an example for the glory of God. And and I'm going to say this and we're going to get into the feature song. I was thinking about this like I'm not just trying to be a living epistle to the world, but I want to be a living epistle even unto my fellow believers um, of the uh, uh, an example of the grace of God in my life, not. I don't want people to look to me as the answer, but I want my life to point people to the answer who is Christ. And so, man, listen, this I have a great show today for you guys. I'm going to be talking about trusting God when you don't know what's next. Trusting God when you don't know what's next. But I want to hop into the featured song for this episode, which is our song Relentless featuring Katrina Campbell and Duran Donaldson is from our album Everything Changes. If you guys don't have it, make sure you download and stream it. But let's hop into Relentless and then we're going to come back and hop into Trusting God. We've all sinned, fallen short of his glory A thief hates a rapist because of his lust A liar looks at a murderer and pure disgust I had an abortion, but I hate pedophiles Yeah, we both had ear wheel towards a child Like a sin, but my sin isn't bad as yours Truth, we're all guilty before the Lord It's crazy how we look at others and think we're better Not realizing our sin puts us in hell together What we point the finger, measuring, comparing sin We're perishing, cherishing the sin we're buried in Hoping humanity's like trust and gravity's fruit Like in a plane crashing with no parachute So it doesn't matter if you're first class a coach, cash a broke, flame smoke, Christ the only hope. So God came down and walked in our skin. Put there was sin, but yet he never gave in. And door scourge and guess they mocked him, ripped his flesh. Cause he was thinking of you and me, as go as death. So he went to the cross, that is you and me. Fulfilling prophecy, curses he on a tree. Who killed Jesus? We all nailed him. Now his enemies can be called his children. So many people want heaven, but don't want Jesus. 
Yet Jesus is the embodiment of heaven. He is what heaven is all about. And he demonstrated his love. It's love. I'm grateful that it's straight over us, but disgraceful how we're faithful to hate folks when we're labeled the ones able to trust. Flawed in our many ways, not worthy of God in any case. Started in the garden when Adam was two-faced, finished with my lowest piercing, he spewed grace. Now I've inherited everything he ever did, and that with a deficit, I got a new heritage. Now I'm on this pilgrimage, trying to make a difference, hoping you can live again. Destroying sin, creeping in, itching every wickedness, all because it's risen, kid. But it's crazy how we have amnesia when it comes to God and His eyes. From the one I'm in alive, and the pride is alive. You can see it in our eyes, but the prize is the calling of our Savior on our lives. He is the Father to the fatherless, and now we're whole because it's obvious that God's the thing with His prominence. He saw the space to fill His prognance. <laughs> in our lives where trusting God is not easy and it's like man trusting God when I have no idea what's coming next (laughs) like I don't like I'm trusting God and I'm taking hit after hit things aren't turning out the way that I want but it's like it's almost like a, a prayer that Job had, like, though he slay me yet, will I trust him? And I'm not saying that um, we should be comparing our trials to Job because, you know, I don't want to go through what Job went through. But it's times in our lives where we're going through trials and disappointments and we're just looking for a transition. And there's there's no clear understanding of what the end of what we're going through looks like we don't know what's next and it's like man I know I have to trust God though and so I want to share 
a pretty cool story of how me and my wife started talking, but what's crazy about um, me meeting my wife is everything that happened around it. Um, and even even going all the way back to our upbringing as kids in elementary. And, and, and so I'm gonna hop into that, but I wanna, I wanna encourage you guys to understand that God has a plan for our lives and I'm reminded of Jeremiah chapter one, verse um, Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. And listen, this is God speaking to Jeremiah concerning his purpose. But the reason why I bring this up is because the principle is the same for us. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. In other words, I set you apart. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And so just like God had a purpose and plan for 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 Jeremiah, even before he was formed in the womb, I really I truly believe that God had a purpose and plan for our life prior to even our parents, before we was even a thought, God had a purpose and plan for our life. And I think that's so dope because God knows the end from the beginning. He pre-existed before time. He's not bound by time. And so God's plan is perfect. And I want to go to Jeremiah 29, and I'm kind of setting this up. Jeremiah 29, and I know a lot of you guys don't like this scripture being applied to us i've heard a lot of brothers and sisters in the faith and say hey that scripture isn't meant to be made about us and i disagree uh in jeremiah 29 verse 11 god is speaking to the children of israel and they are he's prophet jeremiah is prophesying to the children of israel because they are going into exile in other words, they're being captured by the king of Babylon, and God is using this to purge Israel. He's purging those who are not like him out of Israel, and he's correcting those uh, who have strayed away from his purpose and his laws. And, and so God is using the trials that Israel is going through in the exile and the slavery and the things that they're about to go through or going through to purge them and and so in jeremiah 29 god is basically saying to israel like hey you're going through hell right now or you're going through um a tough season right now but i have a purpose for what you're going through and so i want to encourage you guys if you're going through a, a um, tough trials and a tough season um i truly believe god has a purpose for our uh, um for our trials and, and God often uses uh, bad things to put to pull us closer to him. God often uses um, hard things or, or bad things to turn us back to him, to, to get us to sacrifice and give up the idols that are in his place in our life. And so in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, um, he says, for I know the plans I have for you, and this is God speaking to Israel, declares the Lord, plans for welfare 
and not for evil. In other words, plans of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12, this is important. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. We have to seek God with all of our heart, regardless of how it's looking. We have to be seeking God with all of our heart. But listen, I remember um, what's funny about my story with and I was really debating on whether or not I was going to have my wife on with me when I share this story. But I didn't want to have her on because I didn't want to make this show about marriage. And I know that may sound bad, but I really wanted to focus on God's plan for your life because this story though it's about how I met my wife I believe this story can be applied to any um any trial or or circumstance you may be facing where you're like man I don't know what's next but I remember um the funny part about it I had met my wife um in the reception line um of Matt's wedding like two years prior to us um, dating <laughs> and um, my uncle Harold or my aunt Rhoda introduced us first and it was just like I, she was just another and, and this sounds bad she's the love of my life but she was just like another girl just like another person not another girl oh, that sounds terrible I, I'm not going to even edit this out but I didn't mean that but she was just another person in the reception line and I shook her hand like I wasn't even I thought she was cute but I wasn't like hey I got to talk to her after I get out this reception line and then um my aunt Rhoda or my uncle Harold um didn't know that my aunt Rhoda had already introduced us and so my uncle Harold was in um in line they weren't together when they were in line my uncle Harold and aunt Rhoda are married they weren't in line together. And so my wife, Erica, got in line again with Uncle Harold just to stand with him. And my Uncle Harold ended up introducing us again. And so we kind of laughed. We kind of laughed it off. But I didn't think nothing of it. Like we didn't start talking or anything. And so, you know, some of y'all probably like, see, God was trying to bless you then. <laughs> right. But but. We didn't even start talking then. And I remember right before I met my wife, you know, um, and I'll kind of fast forward um, the year that I met my wife, I was working at Big Brothers, Big Sisters as a mentor recruiter, like faith based initiative mentor recruiter. And I remember like I had I had been through different relationships that just weren't working out weren't working out and I and I'll be honest I was frustrated because I'm like man God I'm single I've been serving you I've been busy in ministry like man I want to find my wife especially since especially since my best friend is married now like when Matt got married like you know we wasn't we wasn't hanging like we used to anymore so I'm like man like I'm serving you God like I want to get married I want a wife and and so none of the relationships that I was in was working out. And so I had the mindset of, OK, God, though I want to be married, I don't want to put any of my desires above you. And so what, what I the mindset that 
um, I had was, was God, even though these situations aren't working out the way that I want them to, I don't want it to have an effect on my faithfulness to you. And so if I'm going to serve you, I'm going to serve you even in discomfort, even when things aren't going my way. And I'm and I'm going to be honest, there was times I failed. You know, I didn't always succeed in that proclamation. But by the grace of God, God, you know, where the Bible says in, in when we are weak, his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. His strength is made perfect. His grace is sufficient for us. And so God's grace was sufficient for me. And I remember I was talking to a young lady at the time and I was convincing myself that she's the one like, yo, she's going to be the one. <laughs> and and I and I ha- I didn't have a peace in my my spirit about it. Like, actually, I felt like the Lord was convicting me and saying, yo, she's not the one. And I think we all go through times where we want what we want and and we'll it will try to ignore <laughs> the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so that that was me with this situation because I'm like, she's the one. And, I, and deep down in my heart, the Holy Spirit was convicting me saying, no, she's not the one. And so as I begin to wrestle with that, I begin to get a little discouraged, like because I know I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And I remember I was sitting at my desk one day. This is when this whole story gets crazy. I was sitting at my desk. Uh, falling asleep I'm telling on myself <laughs> work was slow I was falling asleep um, at my computer and this is this was when MySpace was popping <laughs> MySpace was popping um, I got an inbox um, a message a, a personal inbox message on MySpace from one of my friends it was a, a artist friend of mine a, a, a young lady um who we used to um, record at the same studio. We were like kind of a part of the same camp at the time. You know, in Christian rap, you have camps. You had a lot of camps back then, but we were part of like the same camp and we would use the same studio. And so I hadn't talked to this girl in years. I hadn't talked to her in like two or two years, two or three years. Um, And the only time we talked was when we were in the studio or if we had a a gig at the same place but I didn't you know I hadn't talked to her in like two or three years and she inboxes me and says this listen I don't like some of y'all I know some of y'all may not believe in the prophetic and word of knowledge is still for today but listen my testimony with my wife is is evidence that God still uses people in the prophetic and word of knowledge she hits me up. I haven't talked to my friend in two to three years. She inboxes me on MySpace and says, hey, Gabe, and I'm paraphrasing. She's like, I don't know what's going on in your life. Um, I'm, I didn't even, I don't know. Like I was skeptical. I didn't even want to, I felt weird reaching out to you writing this, but I feel like the Lord is leading me to tell you this. And she begins to go. Um, and basically prophesy. And she says, God is getting you ready for your wife. He's about to bring your wife. And one of the things that stood out to me was she said, and she's been there 
the entire time. She said she's been there the entire time. And when you meet her, you guys will be on the same path. Now, here's where it gets crazy. My wife and I grew up in the same neighborhood, literally right around the corner from each other. We went to the same elementary school. We played on the same playground. We had some of the same friends like she was friends with my neighbors two doors down and would be over their house sometimes. And we were cool with them. Um, I actually dated a girl on her. Uh, I actually dated a girl right across the street from my wife. And I'm saying all this to say this, despite all of that, me and my wife never met each other. The first time I officially met my wife was in the reception line at Matt's wedding. And even that day, we didn't start talking. But what's crazy is I met my, I literally lived around the corner. And, and every time I tell this story, it blows my mind because I see the handiwork of God and how God is so detailed oriented. Even when we don't know what's going on, God is still orchestrating things. And so we literally grew up around the corner from each other, played on the, probably running past each other on the playground, but never met each other. Even though we had some of the same friends, like I never, um, and I would be over the neighbor's house sometimes two doors down from us. And I never met her. I never ran into her. Now here's where it gets even crazier. When my family moves out of Detroit, because I'm still living with my parents, when we move out to a suburb called Ypsilanti, I literally am living right around the corner from my wife. I'm living right around the corner from her, and we st- we 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 had we we sh- we're not talking yet. And so, literally, my entire life. <laughs> Literally my entire life, my wife has been there even when I did not know her. It's not like we grew up knowing each other as kids and they were like, hey, you know, I love you. And we finally come together. I literally didn't know my wife, even though we lived around the corner from each other. So no matter where I moved, my wife was always around the corner from me. That's crazy to me. Now, my friend who reached out to me on MySpace, she had she didn't know my wife. She did, she only she lived get this. She the girl that inboxed me, she lived oh like an hour and 15 minutes away from us. Like she didn't even know, she doesn't she doesn't know my wife to this day. My wife never met her or and so when she prophesied, she was prophesying specific things. Here's the second thing. When I met my wife, we both was were working for nonprofit organizations. And so when me and my wife begin to talk and date, like these details start coming out and um, it was just the handiwork of God. It was God. It was a God thing. And, and so I'm sharing this because while I was going through failed relationship, bad relationship after relationship, um, 
desiring to be married and going through the things as a single um, who wants to be married. God already had things mapped out before the foundations of the earth. And so some of us are tripping over what's next in our life. What's what's my next job move? What's my next um, move concerning my family? What what is going to happen tomorrow? And I just want to Jesus said in Matthew six twenty five, take no thought for the for tomorrow. He says, don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Don't worry about life. He says, if I clothe the lilies of the field and feed the birds of the air. How much more important are you? And then Matthew six thirty three says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And these things shall be added. God will give you everything that you need. Like God knew I needed my wife. He supplied it. And so one of the things that I, I I learned is that, man, there's times in our lives. And even to this day, there's still times in my life where I be tripping over stuff like, man, I'm tripping because I'm like, man, these things aren't going my way. And God already has it worked out. And so one of, one of the things that I've learned to do in my life is like what David did before he faced Goliath. Before David faced Goliath, the Bible says that he replayed, he replayed the victory that God gave him over the bear and the lion. And David said, if God gave me victory over a bear and gave me victory over a lion, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine like who defies the armies of the living God? And so we have to understand that the steps of a good man, the steps of a good woman are ordered by God, even when the steps that you're taking may not make sense. Like I'm reminded of Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham sojourned in the land of promise. He knew not where he was going. He was Abraham was following the voice of God. Hallelujah. Abraham was following God's voice. And and what I'm learning is following God's voice is not um, manipulating scripture and manipulating God's voice. It's not the same as following his voice. Like Abraham wanted God's purpose for his life. Abraham wanted God's plan for his life. And the Bible says that Abraham, before he knew it, he was sojourning in the land of promise and he didn't even realize it. And so what I'm saying is, is that God, the same God who knows the numbers of hair on your head. Like the Bible says, he knows the numbers of, of, of hair on our head. When you lose a strand of hair, God is like, oh, that's number 4,900. Oh, you lose another hair. Oh, that's 400. That's 4,899. Like God is so 
He, he knows the details of our life. And there's nothing that's out of his grasp. There's nothing out of control. Even when, when there's chaos and things happening in your life, God knows. And so one of the things that I have to learn as a, as a single and, and when, when trials and tribulations come in my life, like me and my wife, um, I'll probably say like the last two years, 2018, 2016 to 2018 were, were some of the roughest years of our lives. And me and my wife, we were all, I will often, when we were talk, I will often tell her like, Hey, it's not what we go through, but it's how we go through. And I was like, what we're going through is a nightmare. It's, what we're going through is terrible right now, but I want to make sure that we get out of this test what we're supposed to get out of this test. I, 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 I was like, I want to make sure that we're we're um, that we pass the test, because what happens when you don't pass the test? You have to retake it. And I was like, man, I want to get God. I want I want to learn the lesson help us to learn the lesson that we're supposed to learn. Like sometimes we pray for God to bring us out of something when God is striving to use that thing to teach us something. And so my prayer when I go through things is changed to like, cause I know you're going to bring me out God at some point in time, but God help me to learn what I'm supposed to learn from this. And if I brought this thing on myself, God help me to learn. Like regardless, help me to learn what I need to learn. And so through these circumstances and trials, I've learned to seek God's contentment. I've learned to and to strive to be content in God. Because I told I what I, one of the things I told my wife because we and I wasn't even going to share this stuff. But like for example, in 2018, I'll just take last year, for example, we went through a season where so many things were just going wrong. We, we were having financial struggles. We almost lost our house to foreclosure. Um, We had 12 gas leaks in our house. <laughs> like our house could have exploded. We got the gas leaks fixed. Soon as we got the gas leaks fixed. Um, our furnace goes out in the middle of winter before all of those things happen. We had black mold forming on our ceiling in our house because we had a leak in our roof that we didn't know about. And once we got the, the roof fixed and the mold and all of that removed, then the gas leaks and then the furnace goes out. Then foreclosures um, on our home is trying to um, the, the city is trying to take our home and 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 got Long story short, God worked everything out. <laughs> we paid we paid the house off um back in November, I think, or December, like we paid the house off. So it's our house now. But God turned everything around, but the point I'm making is one of the things I will always tell my wife is like, "Hey, like we have to be faithful to God." even in this hard time that we're going through, 
even though this this really is a bad time for us, we have to be faithful to God. We have to learn how to be content. And and one of the things that Paul wrote in Philippians four, while he was in pr- in prison, he says, "Man, I've learned to abound and and not to have enough." He says, "Whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content." He says, "Whether I have more than enough or not enough," he says, "I've learned to be content." And then in Philippians four thirteen, he says, "That's where." When he says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's the context that he's talking about. Regardless of my circumstances, I can get through this through through the strength of Christ. I can be content and be full in Christ, whether I'm in a palace or I'm in a pit. And so. When I was single before I met my wife and when we were going through this, these crazy trials in 2016, 17 and 18 and 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 things of that nature, the last three years, I said two, but the last three years. We were striving to learn how to be content in Christ and one of the, and I'm convinced. Being content in Christ is a constant pursuit. Because our minds are we constantly have things being thrown at us. And in the beginning of the show, I talked about there are distractions. The the Bible says our mind is to be renewed. The Bible also says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by when you heard the word of God. It says hearing hearing is active. And the reason why it says that is because Things are constantly coming against our mind. And if it can get to our mind, it can eventually get to our hearts. And so this is why as believers, we have to make sure our minds are being renewed. And in our minds being renewed, it brings us to a place of contentment because our focus isn't on our circumstances. Our focus isn't um on what's happening in the world but our focus is on Christ and him being above everything whether I'm in a palace or a pit I'm, I've learned to be content and so that is I believe that is one of the greatest fights for the believer is to be content in Christ to not be distracted and so I want to encourage you guys today to, to sacrifice of yourself, get in a habit of denying yourself, get in a habit of, of praying, reading your word. When you have the urge to get on social media, I, I dare you to cut it off and pray. When you when you when you're ready to watch TV, I dare you to cut the television off and open up the scriptures. And I'm not saying that we can't enjoy things and But it is a difference between having things and things having you. See, when we're distracted by social media, it's because social media has us. When we're distracted and 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 overtaken by circumstances in our life, it's because those circumstances in our life have us. And and God desires for us to the only thing that we should be possessed by is the Holy Spirit. That's it. And so I want to encourage you guys to deny yourself, 
because when we do that, we 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 will have an encounter with God and we we will begin to walk into the, the authority and the power of God in our lives. And so, listen, I love you guys. Thank you for listening to me. I, I hope this testimony blessed you guys. Um, if you guys have any questions or any uh, suggestions for future shows, make sure you go to path Leave a message for me. Um, we also have music and merch and all of that stuff at the on the website. Um, also, if you want to donate to Path of Revelation, our PayPal is Path of Revelation now at gmail.com. Or you can just cash at me. Gabriel T. Parker is the cash app. Gabriel T. Parker. Uh, the funds will be going towards future content future resources like cameras to to do some uh, I want to do some more visual uh, audio work in the upcoming year um, the funds will be also be going towards the production process of me finishing my first solo album which is due to drop uh, in the uh, um, in the first half of this upcoming year so listen if God moves on your heart, feel free to give. I love you guys. Thank you for the support. I'm praying for you and love you. Um, and this is where the culture meets scripture.